Hello, and welcome to Stupendous Stories, Fear, for October 31st, 2020. I'm your host, Thomas Cavazos, and this will be the last episode of the season. The story you're about to hear was originally published on the website constantreaders.org in November of 2018. You can find the original text there, although I've rewritten some parts of it to better suit an audio format. Additionally, I have a special surprise for this episode. My partner, Angela, will be joining me as a guest narrator. Today's episode is titled, The Attic. Angela, take it away. First, there was nothing. Not even thought or awareness. Just nothing. Then there was something. The smell of blood. A faint, cold light. The feeling of rough wood against my naked body. Overwhelming confusion. I was lying face down in Mark's attic. I'd only been in the room twice in the year we'd been dating. The first time was when we'd gone hunting for his Halloween decorations, and the second was two months later when we went looking for his Christmas stuff. But now the moonlight coming in through the attic's lone window showed that the boxes of old junk were gone. The space was empty. I pushed myself up off the floor. I felt unstable, weak. The details of the room flickered in and out of existence like candlelit shadows on the wall. How had I gotten here? Had I, what, hit my head? What the hell had happened to my clothes? The last thing I really remembered was driving to work. It had been a sunny July day, warm enough that I'd rolled down the windows of my little black sedan so that I could feel the breeze. I was playing with my phone, had just sent Mark a message saying that I loved him. What had happened to my memory? My mind filled with half-formed thoughts of strokes and aneurysms and brain tumors. I shook my head. Leave first, worry later. I put my hands in front of myself and walked hesitantly forward. Between the dim light and my still-adjusting night vision, I didn't see the door leading out of the attic until my hand was on the knob. I breathed a sigh of relief and turned it. Locked. It didn't budge an inch. It didn't give even slightly. It didn't so much as rattle. It was like trying to twist steel with my bare hands. Okay, I said out loud. Don't panic. Stay calm. I stood there trying to steady my heartbeat and my breath, waiting for my eyes to finish adjusting to the darkness. Finally, I looked around the room, and it became immediately apparent why it stank of blood. The walls were covered with the stuff, not bright, but still fresh, just beginning to dry. There were strange symbols drawn in it, like Egyptian hieroglyphs or Norse runes or something even older. Piles of clothes, my clothes, sitting in each corner of the room. Flats and heels, shirts, dresses, bras, underwear, all of it arranged into distinct outfits, like someone had gone through my closet and laid them out for me. Jewelry that had been taken from my apartment shined in the moonlight. Next to where I had woken up, there was a dove, with its wings spread out and nailed down like it had been crucified, its chest carved open and a photo of me placed inside. That was enough. I gave the doorknob one last tug, then sprinted to the window. On the street below me, groups of smiling parents accompanied laughing children wandering around in costumes. I screamed for help as loud as I could and slapped my open palms against the glass. Not one of them looked my way. Fine, I whispered. I'll just have to break the glass. I told myself that it'd be fine, that people didn't bleed to death from cut hands, that I'd be able to get help and get to a hospital and then go to the police. I closed my eyes, took a deep breath, and swung my fist as hard as I could. 
nothing, like punching stone. The bones in my hand had shattered, but the glass hadn't even cracked. As I stood there staring at my broken hand, unable to believe how little it hurt, I heard someone else outside the room. Baby? Baby, is that you? I froze. Baby? He was closer now, right outside the door. I turned and ran to a corner. I didn't want to face him unprepared. Could at least grab a shirt or a shoe and... The door creaked open. He stood there, a looming shadow in the doorway, and we stared at each other without moving, without speaking. He looked bad, face unshaven, skin sallow, eyes sunken, but he was smiling, grinning, and, and tears ran down his cheek. It worked. The, the, the ritual. I did the ritual just like the book said, but nothing happened, so I left. But it worked. What worked? Mark, what the fuck is happening? You died. The car crash. You died. And then my parents died. And, and, I lost everything. I was alone. For years. But now I don't have to be alone anymore. I brought you back, baby. I brought you back. He walked towards me, his hands outstretched, fingers splayed, grasping at the air. I backed away, but the attic was so small there was nowhere to go. It's not perfect. There was a price. The book said there's always a price. But I can fix it. We'll get another sacrifice. Something bigger. Whatever it takes, we'll fix it. We can have our lives back. Mark wrapped his arms around me and pulled me close. He stank of sweat and unwashed clothes and too many drinks. I tried to pull away, to push him off of me, to scream. But it was no use. Oh, baby. We can be together again. Forever. This concludes The Attic. Thank you, Angela, for providing the heavy lifting on the narration. And thank you, dear listener, for your time. Producing this podcast has been very much a learning experience for me, but I think that I picked up some good lessons to carry forward. There will definitely be a season two, although I haven't decided when it will begin. I hope to see you then. If you want to read more of my science fiction, horror, and poetry, there's years worth available at stupendousstories.wordpress.com. If you want to see my angry rants and watch as I harass public figures, you can follow me on Twitter at T underscore Cavazos. Thank you once again for listening. I've been your host, Thomas Cavazos. Happy Halloween. <laughs>